What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. There's going to be a graphic there, I promise. Oh, I can't wait. Now it's just a blank TV. Yeah. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but it's still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with someone and reminisce about the fun old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, Severin Remo. <sighs> Took the subway here and everything. Did you? Yeah. What's up, man? Not much. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Pretty solid. Just making my way through the week. Yeah. I've been wanting to get you on for a while now. God, we've been talking about this for like two months. Yep. And you finally found the time, which I greatly appreciate. Yeah, no problem. Just, uh, um, there's, I definitely shouldn't be at work right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get too far into anything, plug everything up front, let everyone know where they can find you, social media, everything like that. Um, just at Severin Remo on Instagram. Uh, I don't really mess with TikTok. Yeah. And, uh, good for you. Yeah. Haven't put much out on YouTube yet either. Okay. So. Well, Instagram's yeah. my homepage. Boom. Beautiful. And that's where I have such a massive audience. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It's massive. <laughs> Some it is, up, upwards of 2,000 people. But it is weird because when I go back home and stuff, people will be like, oh, my God, you have 1,500 followers. Like people who are uninitiated are like, yeah, right. you have over 1,000 followers. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's terrible. And they go, we only have like 28. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if you look at it like that, then, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I guess if you're your basis of comparison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's all relative. Yeah. Um, so you're not originally from New York, correct? No, from Colorado. Okay. Now, I want to, before we get too far into the stories, because you did send me a list, which I do greatly appreciate, I wanted to let everyone in the audience get to know you. So how did you get into comedy? How did you get into stand-up? Like, how did that all fall into place and you end up in New York? Uh, I was actually, first time I did stand-up, I was living in Germany. I was in the Air Force, so... Shouts out, veteran. Yeah. Uh, the Air Force, that's the best one, right? Yeah, in my opinion. That's what everybody says, though. It's the most, like, um, business-like, so yeah. it has a reputation for being uh, unmilitaristic and a little bit lazy. Okay. But, uh, I mean, it's the most uh, applicable outside of the military, too. Yeah. You know, like... I and it's the highest paid. Uh, I mean, they're all pretty much the same, but like, <laughs> well, outside, yeah. but uh, yeah, there's, you know, you come out and you did something in the Air Force, it's usually more of a transferable skill than being like infantry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because there's more, more to do with math and engineering and things like that versus yeah. like, yeah, I walked around a lot. Yeah, exactly. So you uh, started stand up. Why did you start? How did you start it? Why did you do it? Uh, one of the guys I worked with ran like a quarterly, like open mic slash talent show thing and was I'd, this in the air force yeah okay and i'd al always been kind of kicking it around in my head i um, love how you said one of the guys i worked with 
Yeah. Like like it's a business. Yeah, a lot exactly. of times people would be like, yeah, me and a buddy I served with. Yeah. I You're like, that ah, guy yeah. I worked with. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think we're both out now. So just uh, heroes. Just an old friend. Heroes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, follow me. We're gonna. Yeah, he's not trying to do anything social yeah. media wise. So, oh, we're gonna tag. If you want to follow like him, America, just follow me USA, twice. Hero. We're gonna tag it with all that stuff when we Good. clip stuff. Good. <laughs> People are gonna be like, "What the uh, hell?" Yeah, <laughs> push it out to the right folks. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah, those kind of guys. Uh, yeah. So you are in Germany. You've always kicked around the idea of stand up. How did you find stand up as it? Because I, I, it's such a broad question, but I always like to ask it because I found it when I was twelve. My cousin showed me Comedy Central presents. <laughs> I loved it, fell in love with it, started recording on VHS every Friday the Comedy Central presents, and then I would watch them over and over and over. So, like, I found stand-up at 12 through my cousin. And a lot of people have, like, oh, well, we watched the Jerry Seinfeld special when I was a kid with my family or Eddie Murphy or something like that. So how did you find comedy? Some of the earliest stuff I remember was probably Chappelle doing Killing Them Softly. Okay. Yeah, and I just remember my parents watching that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and me being like, what the... What, what is this <laughs> exactly so then you got into it that way and you've you always in the back of your head you said kind of thought about trying it yeah okay i didn't i mean i didn't grow up in a place where it was like understood that that was like a legitimate career path yeah and now and now that i'm in it i realize it's not yeah i was, I was gonna say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well and that's another big thing too is so many people i talk to are like yeah even people who grew up in new york are like yeah i loved comedy but i didn't think like that was the thing you could try to pursue and then, like you said, I mean, I know you're half joking, but still, it's like now that we're pursuing it, we're like, oh, no, this is not something you should try to pursue at all. Yeah, I mean, it can work out eventually, but it feels like. Uh, What's I harder, the Air Force or comedy? Oh, cert certainly comedy in a lot of aspects. Just, I mean, physical, uh, straining myself physically does not really bother me. Yeah. But like the the level of uncertainty in like a career path <laughs> like this <laughs> is just insane. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so funny because I've been doing it for so long, and then people will be like, like I'll mention to people at the restaurant that I'll be like, yeah, I moved, just moved to New York, and they go, oh, why'd you move here? And I go, comedy, and they go, oh, how's it going? I'm like, well, I'm waiting on you right now so not awesome <laughs> yeah, not great yeah exactly i mean it's going okay yeah but i'm still here so yeah. not great yeah so, so you are in germany your uh the your friend is doing you said a quarterly like every yeah. three months he's doing like an open mic talent and is that for like the base is that for the people yeah it's just like this uh base-wide event okay thing. and you thought like i'm gonna try stand-up yeah. How did it go? Terrible. Yeah. yeah five, five minutes. Don't think I got a single laugh. You didn't get a single laugh? No. But, but then I did it the next quarter. Yeah. And I did eight minutes and I got like five laughs. And th like two of them were big pops, one little one. And, you know. Between the first one and the second one, are you writing like crazy? Yeah. Because that's yeah. three months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what, are you, how are you trying the stuff out? How uh, do you, I wasn't. Okay. I was going to say, how do you know what to keep in the eight minutes and what not to keep? You just, I just never knew okay. for the most part. God, and then I was so like, uncertain. and that's why I don't know how to really uh, count my time in Germany. Cause I was out there for two years and you know, I was like at most I was getting up like five times a month. Yeah. You Where know? are you getting up at other places? Uh, me and this musician dude uh, kind of ran an open mic for a while. Okay. Um, Again, on the base? Yep. So it was everything... And then, then it was off base at an okay. Irish pub. And then I would drive up to Luxembourg, which had a little had a little scene and it has like a burgeoning scene now. Okay. Um, so if you ever want to do comedy in Luxembourg... Dude, Luxembourg yeah. is where it's at if you're over, over on that side of the world. It's a cool little town. Um, 
but it's yeah. been around for thousands of years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty cool. Pretty uh, pretty cultured yeah, over there. Yeah. Well, I mean, other than the 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 little hiccup that they had in the forties. Other than that, it's pretty right. cultured. Pretty yeah. cool. Um. So yeah, I would do that, and then I moved to Boston after that because I could basically within the Air Force in my career field, I could have moved to Boston, L.A. Or Denver, and I'm from Denver, so I didn't want to go back, and I didn't want to go to L.A. Okay. So I was like, uh, Boston, I hear comedy's good there. That's and what I was going to ask. So when you get your orders to, to ship out, to move out, are you thinking about comedy? Pretty much exclusively. Okay. that's Oh, perfect. So that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say is that's the only thing you had in mind. So why not L.A.? I just didn't feel like I was going to be an L.A. guy. Yeah. You don't, you don't come off as an L.A. It didn't resonate with yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The bald guy with the beard and the muscles, yeah, maybe not an LA person. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you uh, you go to Boston, and how long ago was this? That was twenty nineteen. Okay, when I got to Boston. So when did you start? You said you were in Germany for two years. Yeah. So you started in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Okay, and then you get to Boston. How long were you there before you moved to New York? Uh, three years, but you know, I got there in twenty nineteen. I did comedy for six months, and, and then, then yeah, everything shut down. Yeah. yeah. So. Why did why the move to New York? Were you done with the Air Force and you were just like, this is where I'm going? I needed to massively change my life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Like I was I was stagnant romantically, uh, like just went through a breakup. I was stagnant in my career, um, and I was stagnant in comedy. And I realized that all of those things weren't really going f- like anywhere in Boston. Yeah. So I was like, I should probably get the hell out of here. So when you uh, come to New York originally, are you coming with the Air Force or were you finished no, with the Air Force? I got out. So you on, honorable discharge and then you were done? Yeah. That's how it works? Something like that. Okay. No, I don't, I don't, no, uh, yeah, it was honorable. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know how it works. Mm-hmm. Isn't it like a con- – because my the only reason – my only point of reference is my grandfather, who was an original Green Beret, did 20 years and then you retire. Yeah, he sounds like a pussy. So <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> he died from a stroke, so I mean, how yeah, tough exactly. could he really be? No, uh, God, hopefully no one in my family hears that. Uh, we're kidding. We're joking. It's jokes. Yeah. Uh, but, but so that's my only point of reference. So for when people say like, oh, I did, you know, two tours and then got out, or I did X number of years and got out, how does that yeah. work? Do you just sign a contract and then once it's up, yeah, you so can just where leave? I, yeah, where I went to school, you owed five years after you graduated. Where did you go to school? Air Force Academy. Oh, you did go. Okay, yeah. so you're a Falcon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know it. Yeah. And uh, so I owed five years. I did. Um, so you go and as you an incur- officer. Yeah. So I you incur a, another more commitment if you PCS, which is where they move you. So if I would have moved again within the Air Force to like Denver or something, I would have owed another year. Okay. Um, but I, I finished my five and then I like basically – uh, avoided the decision to leave for an extra year. And so I got out at six years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how does, when you get out, is this, cause you said you were stagnant in comedy and your career and everything. So when you got out, were you just like, all right, now I'm going to hit the ground running or like kind of what happened when you got to New York? Was it like a big culture shock? Cause I mean, Boston and New York's not that crazy. No. And I'd come out here like a lot of the, my buddies that I kind of was around in Boston had already moved out here. Yeah. Um, as far as like comics and stuff. Yeah. Okay. And so I had come out and visited four or five times, liked it, um, uh, really plotted my move job wise, you know, Mm -hmm. wanted to get a a job where it allowed me to pursue this on the side and, you know, live somewhat comfortably. Absolutely. Um, So, 
was able to to do all that and i i like where i work now and all that shit and yeah um here i am doing a podcast in the middle of middle of the day on a what's today wednesday yeah so when you get here did you jump into comedy were you like checking out all the mics oh, and doing yeah. the thing okay yeah. i it we'll was talk fun- about, yeah tell tell me about it how how was it, it was when you got here it's kind of funny cuz i heard some people that they they like move here and they're like yeah i gave it like two to five months to just get settled in get used to the city <laughs> i give it a week yeah i was like i was like i hit like when i first moved here i was like way overboard i was yeah. like the opposite direction i was like oh if we can hit 25 mics in a week holy it, shit but that's when i was like looking for a place and stuff but yeah when, once i finally got out here it was you know just the a normal good clip yeah but it was like yeah i was not like i'm not I'm not living in this town to just to hang out in my apartment. I say that all the time because I have friends that I did comedy with that have moved to New York or will like come to visit for extended periods of time. And they're like, oh, well, I want to like experience New York and do New York. Thing. And I go, that's not why that's not that's not why we got here. That's not why we're here. Yeah. And then it's the same thing at work because I work in a swanky steakhouse. And I know I've said this before, so my listeners are probably sick of it. But like people that I work with are like, Brendan, you know, you're pretty good at this. Like you, if you worked five or six days a week, you could clear like 150 and live super comfortably. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't move to New York for that. Right. Like I moved to New York to do comedy and I only work enough to pay my bills so I can continue to do comedy. Right. So it doesn't like, it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm in your boat where I'm like, why would we come here and spend all that money and all that time and all that heartache to get here just to not do what we came here for? Yeah, and I have this uh, thing that I do now is, you know, people come out to visit me, and that's when I do the New York-y shit. Yeah, Because too. I'm not going to be doing comedy. Like, I'm not going to take them to open mics. Or When my sisters or, come out to visit, I do the same. I'm like, all yeah. right, let's 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 go. We'll look at the sites. Because I love doing that. Like, yeah. you know, I still go to the museums in my off time, but a lot of it is still under the guise of, like... I need material. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I need I'm something con- to happen to me. Yeah, exactly. I need to get hit by a car at this yeah. museum or something. I need to have someone attack me on the subway. Like, <laughs> yeah. something. Come on. Yeah. Something. Uh, so, yeah. So, a lot of times when you're just walking around in the city, you, it's f- to find material because you can only find... Ma- That's another thing, too, is... I think you have to allow, like, if you have that constantly in your mind that can be challenging you have to like allow yourself to like actually yeah yeah get bored well that's the other thing yeah you have to let life happen yeah and that's something i because lenny bruce is one of my biggest inspirations and i've read all his books and stuff and that at the end of his autobiography people say where did you find inspiration from and he goes everywhere it's all around us yeah and so that's like something i take with me is like i'll go to the museum because i'm like all right i just want to go and have a day where i don't have to fucking worry about x y and z like mics or the podcast or it's just a place for my brain to go and shut off because i'm you know one of my uh degrees is in history so a lot of times i'll go to the met and go up and like look at the you know Washington crossing the Delaware or something like that. I'm just like, wow, this is so cool. This is, and then I'll turn around and I'll see like a guy getting jerked off by a girl and I go, boom, there's the material. Yeah. Check, check, check. We're out of here. I'll see you next week. Yeah, exactly. So when you get here, you're like out into the open mic scene and stuff was, what was your experience like when you first got here? Because I know we were talking about it before the show, and I've mentioned it before. I thought because, oh, I've been doing comedy since 2009. I had about, uh, you know, roughly an hour. I had the podcast. I thought I was going to move here, and the vice president of showbiz was going to be like, you're going to make it. See, here's your contract. And that's not what happened. So when you got here, you had obviously been doing comedy a lot less, and then on and off, obviously, in Germany and then in Boston. So what was your expectation when you first arrived? Well, I wasn't really getting 
booked like a huge amount in Boston, so I didn't come with any expectation of that starting to happen here. Really smart. Um, yeah. Because um, <laughs> I, I was heartbroken and still am. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was happy to... I'm always just happy working on the stuff. Yeah. Um, so I just did that, and I found that the the comics in New York were much more um, friendly, and they embraced me much more than the comics in Boston did. When Are I you got fucking there. kidding me, dude? Yeah. The guys in Boston weren't fucking sweethearts. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if I was like uh, exorbitantly funny when I got to Boston. Yeah. And there's there's like that respect right among mm-hmm. uh, of comics so if you show up and you're you know uh doing great you know more people want to be friends with you absolutely and i think that's why i wanted the first time i saw you yeah you i you killed for me i was dying and then i was like i gotta get this guy on the podcast yeah exactly so you like there's you know the guy that goes up there and just says weird shit and no one laughs and then he's awkward and he leaves you're not like Oh, yeah, I want to hang out with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a well, natural response. It's weird, too, because I find it fascinating, the fact that because I had been doing it for a little while, I knew some people in New York, and I'm affable, and I grew up around salespeople, so I'm very good in the room with people and talking and stuff, and I've been doing, you know, I've got three different podcasts that I do. So it's one of those things where I'm, I've gotten pretty good at talking to people. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because sometimes comics after mics will be like, how do you know so-and-so? Like X, Y, and Z. Like, how do you know these people? And I go, oh, I just go to the, the club because I'm at the same mics they are. So they're con- confused in the sense where it's like, you're doing what I'm doing, but how do you? How are you friends with so-and-so? And I go, oh, I just go to the clubs and I hang out. And, you know, sometimes I get guest spots at the shows and I start talking to people and then we become friends. And they go, oh, so you do a lot of the hanging. And I go, yeah. And they go, can I... Next time you hang, can I hang? And I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's those awkward no. people who don't get laughs, <laughs> and I'm like, I yeah, I mean, I guess I'll DM you next time I'm going to go out. And in my head, I'm like, you can't. Or that's, sometimes I'll invite people thinking it's going to be good, and they'll stare at their phone the whole time. And I go, that's not, you ask me how I know these people? It's not doing that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because people confuse the hang like it's a task. Yeah. And it's literally, you just go and you're just there. Yeah, you know? just you hang know? it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're just like, you know, it's not like so you can meet this person and you're like, holy shit, you're like touching their face and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the other thing too is it's like it's not a, it's not a X, Y, it's not a, it's not transitive. It's not, I'm going to do A, so hopefully B happens and that, then that'll equal C. It's not, it doesn't work like yeah, that. Yeah, like, I would I, like to be more familiar with these people. Yeah, I want to be more a part of the comedy scene and that entails hanging out with comics and talking shit. Yeah. So that's and I love doing this. Like my favorite thing is to gossip. Right. Especially about comedy. Oh my god, that's gotten me in trouble on this show. I'll start telling a story and I'll be like, "Fuck it, I'm not going to edit it out." And then I'll get a text from someone like, "What the fuck, dude?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, it's not wrong." Well, it's out there. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Um. So you had no expectations when you got here, and you were just crushing, just doing mics, doing mics, doing mics. What have you learned in like the? Because you've been here two years now, right? Or a year? Uh, no, just going on a year. now. Okay. So uh, what have you learned in the last year compared to what you didn't know before in Boston and Germany? Kind of funnily enough, um, just wrapping my head around the idea of like we were talking about before that you got to reach out yeah. to, to people if you actually want to get on shows and even if it's your friends you know out of sight out of mind that's yeah 100 percent. i've even had people be like hey uh we're doing a show you know in two weeks if you swing by like to support we'll throw you up for a guest spot and then you don't talk to that person for two or three weeks and then you just show up they've completely forgotten that they've told you they're going to give you a guest spot oh wow. because well it yeah. happened you know there's so many 
The market yeah, why is would so, you remember? Yeah, the market's yeah. so oversaturated. And I do it all the time, too, where I'll be like, yeah, we totally got to get you on the podcast. And then I walk out of the room, smoke a cigarette, go get lunch, and I forget. Right. And then they'll text me and be like, hey, what are, what are we doing about the, the pie? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, right. yeah, let's book it. So that's another thing, too, is I've shown up to shows before and been like, don't ask. Like, that looks tacky. Like, don't ask. But then in my head, I go home and I go the fuck did I go to that show for? Like, just to right. see my friends, same sets that I've seen seven times. Like, you right. have to ask. Right. And that's been and a that's, huge Yeah, problem. that's like a that's like a little bit of an ego hurdle. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, man, I'm so fucking sick. Why aren't they, <laughs> why aren't they clamoring <laughs> for my sweet, sweet jokes? <laughs> you hope that you show up and then they're like, oh, my God, I, I can't believe you're here. How have we lived without you? Yeah, exactly. I- <laughs> That happened to me on Sunday. Yeah. This was uh, the New Kids Comedy, and I've had uh, both uh, both of the hosts or the producers on this podcast, and it was so funny because I showed up and everyone lit up. They were like, "Brennan's here! Oh my god, you came! We can't believe you came!" And I was like, "Yeah, I told you I was going to take off work." And in my head, I thought like, "Oh, obviously they remember. They told me they were going to give me a guest spot because they're so excited I'm here." Mm-hmm. And then the first comic goes up, nobody says anything to me. The second comic goes up, the third comic goes up, and I go, "Oh, they forgot they told me they were going to give me a guest spot." Yeah, and then I just stayed till the end, and I was yeah. like, "All right, cool." I mean, it was a fun show. I love the love the people who produce it, but at the same time, I was like, "And then you got to uh, passive aggressively give them shit about that for the yeah. rest of their lives." Oh yeah. Hey, thanks for the guest spot. Yeah, thanks. Th- you, I took off work for that. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for remembering. Exactly. Cost me a lot of money. About four hundred dollars. So. Um, I want to get into because uh, now you're doing comedy, obviously here in New York, and we kind of established that. But how did you? When did you start? drinking and like because you don't drink anymore correct not really i mean like i'll have uh a cocktail or two like quarterly and then no it's businessly minded well it's kind of funny because that's what it ends up being it's like once every three months i'll have two cocktails and the next day i'll feel you know 10 to 15 percent worse than i would have if i hadn't had the cocktails yeah and that is completely unacceptable to me. And like, I just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's not even like a hung o- hangover. It's like a mild. Just a little tired. And yeah. You're like, and I'm, I'm like, normally not tired like yeah, this. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm don't not, have to sense it. You're yeah, like, fuck that. Yeah. So when did you start drinking? Um, I would say. Because the reason I ask is because you sent me a couple stories where I'm like, all right, well, if that happened, then you must have been getting after it at one point or another. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think I had a normal transition like um i'm the youngest of four boys okay so by the time i was in high school my parents were kind of hands off my dad was a little stricter but my parents had split custody so what he wanted didn't matter when i was at my mom's house yeah right Uh, um and anybody else in the military in your family no not even close you're the only hero yeah exactly the only hero yeah the rest of them are cowards I remember one time I had a guest. I'm going to put that in my act. That's funny. Uh, (laughs) I I remember one time I had a guest at the restaurant, and he just assumed that I had served. Like, not tables. He assumed I had served in armed forces. And I was like, oh, no, never did. And he goes, oh, really? Like, you seem so put together. And, you know, you've got such a clean uniform at work. And, like, you just seem really respectful. You give off the vibe as if you were in the military. I said, oh, no, it's just, you know, my grandfather was an original Green Beret. And at one point I had thought. To go into the military, but my grandfather urged against it because he had such a hard time in the army as far as when he was done, like getting disability and stuff like that. They really fucked him. Mm -hmm. So he was like, don't like, don't do it. 
Yeah. Um, and I told this guest that and like it shattered this because his whole identity, his whole world was being, a, you know, in the military. And he was just like, what do you mean? <laughs> exactly. And I was, it's not, well, it's a brainwashing, too. It's like they just they pump in this idea that you're being in the military is the greatest thing because. I mean, if it wasn't, why are you? Why doing would it? you do? Why? Yeah. Why would you even yeah, be here? Yeah, and, it, and it's he, bad, particularly in the the Marines. Yeah, you know, he was just like, no, it's it's the greatest. And I go, oh, it's not. It's not the experience that it's, my grandfather had, and then he, he told me about. He actually said it was it's pretty horrible conditions, and they never gave him his disability. He had to fight for it, like legally, for twenty years before he got it, and then when he got it, they only gave him a partial. Like it was really bad, and he was like. It's the greatest. And I was like, all right, man. Yeah, I, I get it. You've tied your whole life to that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So your other brothers are cowards. Yep. Um, so growing up with four boys, what was – you were getting into it, and then I interrupted. What was that? What was it like as far as, like, the partying, the drinking, the hanging out? So, yeah, I watched my brothers party in high school, and then when I got to high school, I started partying a little bit, and then, you know, I was kind of resistant to it, Uh drank maybe a few times as like a sophomore when I was like 16 and then as a junior when I was 17 uh started getting after it a little bit and then when I was my senior year uh you know I was like it was like Thursday Friday Saturday oh okay a kind of thing yeah uh not in football season or the first half of the year but like that second semester oh, where yeah. I was like I mean I was just like school I wasn't taking any classes that were really that challenging. Maybe yeah. one, you know. And or you're whatever. done. You're out. Yeah, exactly. Were you? Did you go to? And I, then I committed to the Air Force Academy. That's what I was so ask. I, my, I had six weeks of summer before I went to basic training. Okay. So it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all that. Yeah. And I went to on like spring break that year, and that's yeah when I blacked out for the first time. Did you commit to Air Force to play football? Yeah. What did you? What position did you play? Right tackle. Right tackle. A hero and a protector. Yeah, a soldier, scholar, athlete. <laughs> soldier. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> there we go. Um, <clears throat> right tackle. How how much did you weigh? Um, probably my my senior year, probably like two fifty five. So okay. it's probably just like the smallest one in D one. Well, you have you you also. That's the thing is. And I mean, as a former D1 athlete who played at like a public university, we not made fun of, but you would always look at like Army, Navy and the Air Force like, well, they can't compete in the level of that. Everyone has to be relatively in shape. So you can't have like a 320 pound offensive lineman because they also have to go through PT every morning. Yeah, there was like some physical standards and then they removed uh, the fatties. There was, well, there was like a mile and a half uh, run requirement. Mm hmm and it's a timed one right like yeah you have to, it's but, not just finishing it like you have to do it yeah in but then they i think the year after i graduated i also just didn't want to be like it didn't help me to be massively fat yeah um but like they removed that and made it like a bike test so now if you look at air forces of offensive linemen i think they're sending i think one kid's going to the nfl yeah, and he's like that. six three three fifteen yeah the nose guard two years after I left, he was this big Samoan dude, and he was, you know, he was a six one three thirty guy. Jesus! Oh um, man, he and he could run a little bit. Dude. Yeah, it must have been just terrifying to block. Okay, so yeah. they eventually took out that because yeah. I remember <clears throat> I graduated high school in 06, and I remember that's when um, West Point had the middle linebacker that 
got drafted by the Lions. And there was this whole controversy because it was like, well, he has a five-year commitment. So yeah. is he going to do the NFL before or after the commitment? And then a lot of people in the <laughs> NFL were like, well, he should go to the NFL and then he can do it after. And the yeah. West Point was like, that's not how it works. Right. Like he signed up to do it. So we're not going to give him like uh, forbearance or whatever. So he can yeah. go play in the NFL. Like what if he gets hurt? Then he's useless to us. And all the money we just put into him to train him as a soldier is gone. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole sports teams there are kind of like marketing for the military. So yeah. by that standpoint, uh, it's like, why not have this like golden goose of a marketing thing just in the NFL? My senior year, like uh, Navy's quarterback, our tight end, and Navy's long snapper all went to the NFL. And I forget, yeah, it was Obama at the time, uh, just removed the requirement for it. Oh, he did? Yeah. But then it got, when Trump got elected, he put it right back in. Yeah. So there was like one year where people just got a free and clear. <laughs> one year where you're like, okay, marketing is my job. I'm actually in marketing now, not yeah, the yeah, Air Force. Yeah. And yeah. So I had and a buddy. And Trump came in and made it all right. Just, Papa Bear put it all back together. I just again. don't know. I, yeah. I don't know who made that decision and why it's such a weighty decision. It's like three guys a decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, exactly. Yeah. That's because I remember it was a big deal. Caleb, I think, was the guy's name. It was yeah. a big deal. Like, where they were like, he can't go. Like, why would you? I remember ESPN was like, why would you waste a draft pick on a, on a, a person that was at a military academy? That's a waste because hmm. they're not going to be able to play. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, but this is the NF, like, all the eyes are on him now. He got drafted in like the third round. Yeah. So it's like a big deal. But they were like, no, he's not going to play. Let the boys play. Just let the boys play. <laughs> so when you, before you go to boot camp, um, and you said it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you yeah. said right before on spring break is when you had your first blackout. Yeah. I just remember kind of wanting everyone had blacked out. Where, where, where's this at? Where do you this go to is spring break? Mexico. Okay. Uh, what part of Mexico? It was Cozumel. Cotton. Yeah. It was funny, man. I went with uh, yeah a couple of buddies. Because uh, you grew up in Denver, you said, right? Yeah. And it was like we were down there for 10 days. Holy shit. And yeah, it was just way too long. And I think... <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, it was $1,100 for like a 10 day all inclusive. Yeah. So it was just like it was like $90, $85 a day. It Can't beat like, it. Yeah. I mean just the quality was terrible. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. I thought it was one of those things where it's like, oh, it's 90 bucks a day, but you're in like a five-star hotel. Uh, I went like my senior year, we went to like Cabo and, you know, paid like 2 grand or whatever. Yeah. Um and that was like way better. Or yeah, it was like $1500 for four or five days yeah so essentially twice as expensive and yeah the f the amenities were way better the food was way better the alcohol was way cleaner but i yeah. just this one was just i mean why it, did you how did it happen why did you end up going to mexico were you just oh like, we I just kind of wanted to yeah, okay. yeah his his folks my buddy's folks wanted to go down there and take us and we're like oh yeah oh see that's awesome see i grew up in florida where spring break kind of comes to us right so it's one of those things where like other people go to places and we're like well we're already here like especially because i grew yeah. up at the near the beach in florida so it's like why would i why would i go somewhere like everyone else that i talked to who grew up obviously in the midwest or just even on the west coast it's like no we go somewhere for spring break and it's like eh, i'm kind of the place you go to i'm in that place so it's like i never thought to travel for spring break so you were just with your friends and their parents were like let's go to fucking mexico and yeah. you're like yeah let's go to fucking mexico yeah and, and party it up and 
how did you black out? Do you even remember? Yeah, I remember like trying to black out, and that then, was like a goal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I hadn't done it before, uh, and everyone first night. No, it was it was a little bit deeper, and I I always have good intentions when I black out, and what I mean by that is, is like <laughs> I, I just try like <laughs> every time I. <laughs> Every time I black out, I like don't think that I'm blacking. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I remember like this time, I li- literally remember being like, eh, "I don't think I can do it." And I remember like laying down in bed and crossing my arms and passing out. But apparently, I rose like fucking Frankenstein. <laughs> <The> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> like ten minutes later, because uh, like yeah, I like when so you, you black lay down and your mind was like, okay, we're gone. But your body was like, I'm up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like the classic thing about blacking out is uh, you get to hear about what happened the oh, next yeah. day. So I like walk into the bathroom the next morning. Did you wake up in the bed? Yes. So you thought you didn't go anywhere? Yeah. This is. Fantastic. <laughs> and I, I walk into the bathroom and I was like, why is there throw up and blood everywhere? Oh my God. What happened? <laughs> Apparently I was throwing up and then I started sneezing and I like couldn't stop sneezing and I started sneezing blood. Oh my God. And my buddy that was with me was just like, ah! <laughs> he was trying to take care. Oh my God, he's dying. He's dying. <laughs> what the hell is that? And I remember there was like a club in the hotel and I went back there and, uh, they were like, oh, this guy kind of thing. And apparently I just like, I because I remember going in the club earlier in that night and just like nothing happened. Yeah. But then apparently I went back and tried to fight some Was guys. before or after the vomit? I have no idea. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't iron out a timeline. Okay, so I'm assuming you woke up, went to the club, you tried to fight a guy? Yeah, apparently. Just out of the, well, you don't Yeah, remember. no, I think yeah. he was being a cock. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, fuck you. And yeah. then you went back to the room, yeah. threw up, couldn't stop sneezing, blood everywhere. Yeah. So, did you were you super hungover the next day? No, I, I mean when you're 18, you don't get hungover. Yeah, it's the weird. Yeah, maybe it's a lack of responsibility that <laughs> helps. Yeah. So then, then did you end up? Did you continue to drink for the duration of the Mexico trip? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just you're a hero. There's no quit in you, man. Yeah, I, violently drinking that trip. I, I think I lost 10 pounds of muscle on that God. trip. I remember. I yeah, I came back and I just like. I remember working out afterwards and being like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> How does this happen? Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I remember when I used, because I, when I went to rehab, I was, so I gained 100 pounds and I started drinking heavily after football, college football, because I was just getting drunk and then going to fast food every night. And then I would just eat it and then pass out. So I gained like 100 pounds in a few months. And then. That's so much weight. I was, dude. Dude, have you seen? I'll show you some of the pictures yeah. of what I used to. I was like three fifteen. It was, and it was not a good three fifteen. It was a chubby, roly poly three fifteen. And uh, I remember when I went to rehab in thirteen, two thousand thirteen. I lost a lot of the weight because I started. I wasn't drinking anymore, so I wasn't eating super late, and then I was working out all the time. And I remember when I relapsed, I would still try to force myself to go to the gym. And after you drink for three or four days, and then try to go to the gym, it's a different experience. Oh. Because I'm putting the same weight on that I would always put on, and I'm like, I can't. And then you do like one rep, and you're like, all right, rack it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm done. That was a good workout. Let's go home, boys. So when you get back from Mexico, you're still obviously going to Air Force to play football. Were you like, oh, I want to keep partying like that? Or were you like, oh, I got to hang it up? No, I knew. I mean, I was was in basic training for six weeks. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, you don't do anything that you want. <laughs> uh, is it is basic training for the Air Force? Is it? It's all the same, right? The original well, basic uh, training for well, all the... Well, the, the enlisted basic down in Texas and the academy basic is different because the academy basic is uh, it's a little more uh, of a weed-out process, I would say. Oh, so it's harder. Yeah. Out, it's shorter, I think, and harder. Yeah. Uh, I think down... <laughs> it, story of my life, you know yeah, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey! I think it's like two and a half weeks shorter, and then, like, yeah, they... I mean, you're not allowed... It's like six and a half weeks long. You're not allowed to sit down the entire time. Um, so you either lay in bed or you're up? Yeah, you're either sleeping or you're standing. and Or, I mean, if you're sitting at lunch. And I was there for the last year where at lunch you had to eat at attention. So you'd have to be on like the front 130 of your chair. And you would have to take a bite to eat. And then put it in your mouth, ground your silverware in a certain way, and then takes you. Could, they counted how many times you would chew, and you could never go above seven chews, otherwise you'd get screamed at. I just everyone lost so much weight. God. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then they just make f- make you exercise a bunch and make you memorize a bunch of shit. And, yeah. yeah, but then when you got done with basic, <clears throat> were you? When you went to the Air Force, you said that you committed to the Air Force for football. Was that because you wanted to play D1 football, or is that because you wanted to be in the armed services? Uh, I wanted to play D1 football, and more importantly, I wanted to go to school for free. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so you're not – because I know some people that go to the academies, and they're like, this is what I want to do. Like, football is just an extension of, like, well, I'm here to play football no, for, I, so I get a free education. Yeah, I have no integrity. Okay. <laughs> but you are a hero. Yeah. Um. So what was that like when you started playing? Were you like, okay, like this is because my experience is playing football at a division one school in Florida. So I'm assuming it's a lot different than playing at a D one school for a military academy. Yeah. I mean, I just remember showing up and then the reality of college football hitting me in the face as well. Yeah. Like just, you know, having NFL aspirations and then taking one look at our defensive end and being like, oh, I guess I'm not going to the NFL. You're better than me. I got there and I was like, yeah, I don't start. I don't play. I don't even touch the field. But one day I'm going to make it. Well, I knew that I would like I, I knew I was going to stick with it. Yeah. Right. Um, so you don't have quit. You don't have any quit. Right. I don't know why. Like. It just never even occurred to me, I guess, because it wasn't like I was like so like there's like. I think there's. 18 freshman offensive linemen because mm-hmm. they they over recruit there yeah the attrition rate so high quit. Yeah. yeah and i think i was like i was like number two on the freshman depth chart uh at one of the tackle spots so that's i was essentially fifth or sixth string yeah you know, <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah i mean when you're a freshman that's what happens yeah a lot of times they redshirt you and a lot of people are like oh you get an extra year it's like no it's because you're not going to be anywhere near the field so they just want to sit yeah you. they want to grow you physically yeah. and shit like that but I just, yeah, our one of our defensive ends, I remember the first time I saw him, he probably was like an inch and a half taller than me. And he was like a he was like a 280 guy. Yeah. And I was 215 after coming out of basic. And I was just like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I never, I'd never seen a person that like that size that moved that well. Yeah. You know, in, oh, in, I, in yeah. high school. And I was just like. Oh, I got to yeah. college and I was like, oh, this is a different sport. 
because yeah. it's a smaller school, but it's in South Florida. So a lot of the kids who are like four and five stars that don't want to go anywhere, they want to stay at home. Well, well, yeah, the, you get like my brother played D one double A, and it's you know I imagine the Florida schools are kind of like that, where it's like holy shit, like, yeah, it's like some of the kids that you're like, oh, you have the talent. But something yeah, had, else is missing. We had too. kids that were rec- recruited by like Alabama, Ohio State, and stuff. And again, we if we would have won every single game that we played in, we would have played for a national championship. Like because we, we played against Auburn, we played against Florida, we played against Texas. Yeah. But you know, a smaller school, you lose those games, and then you know, next thing you know, you're playing in the uh, New Orleans Bowl, which is awesome. It was a great experience. But I remember getting to South Florida, and we had three and four star recruits because they didn't want to go to Ohio. They'd never seen snow in their life. They didn't want to leave their mom, so they yeah. just stayed in the area. And a lot of them are from Delray and Broward County and stuff. So they just were like, "Oh, I'll go to FAU," and we were like, "Happy, thrilled," because we we're like, "Oh fuck, look at the recruits we got." Yeah. And then I, I remember getting there and looking around, being like, "Oh, these aren't the same type of humans that I played against in high school. These are like, no. yeah." I remember we had a Franz Joseph, one of our middle linebackers, had those long dreads. And this is when the new Revo helmets came out. Yeah. He literally looked like the Predator from yeah. the movie, The Predator. Yeah. Because he had the helmet and the dreads sticking out and he was gigantic and he was a middle linebacker. And I just remember thinking like, oh, this is different. This is a lot yeah. different. Yeah. I just, yeah. And then I was able to play against some of those bigger schools as well. And then you see the guys that go to the NFL on those teams yeah. and they're, they're like that next level of human past that. Yeah. It's like another level of evolution. Like I was one past the caveman and then these people were like, <laughs> like three, three, three more. Yeah. yeah. And you're and like, like, what the Jesus? Hell? So when you, did you end up starting? Yeah. I, I started my junior and senior year. I got hurt like game three junior year and, um, didn't play again really that season i was like healthy enough uh by like the bowl game yeah but by that time the offensive line had kind of gelled as a unit so they weren't gonna be like we're out yeah Yeah. can't fuck that chemistry up yeah so were you better than the guy that was starting at right tackle um you can call him out first and last name right into the camera yeah it was actually the guy who played guard next to me the following year um and he was probably He's, he was less athletic than me, but more of like a fire hydrant, if yeah, that makes sense. a mauler, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so when you – did you play against anybody that the listeners would know as far as your senior year? Uh, I played against Shalik Calhoun. He hasn't really done much in the NFL. I played against um, – I thought you were going to say like Miles Garrett or something. <laughs> no, dude. Uh, I played against uh, – <laughs> we played against Notre Dame my junior year. Yeah. So, Stephon Tuitt. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Rochelle, um, who's the yeah, who's that's there's the Viking safety. Safety, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that t- their team was stacked. Yeah, Lewis Nix. Because um, I remember when we played against uh, Florida, the University of Florida, they had Tebow and Urban Meyer was there. Yeah, and Jared I, Goff. Was, oh yeah, was, yeah. Oh, you guys played against Cal. Yeah, that was our bowl game my senior year. Okay. It was like our safety got ejected in the first quarter. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I did. And then it was like, okay, I guess uh, they're just going to throw it <laughs> right over the top of us. What was the final score? I think it was like 54 to 37. Oh, okay. So you guys, but it wasn't guys, that close. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of garbage time touchdowns. Not even that. It just like... Yeah, they were always two touchdowns ahead. Never yeah. felt like we were like, oh, we're just gonna, we're, we're just gonna it. get a stop. So that's what happened. So when we played against Florida, going into halftime, I think it was twenty-one twenty going into halftime, and I think they scored like a cheap touchdown, like right as the half expired. But we were like, oh, we're in this game. Like it's twenty-one to twenty. Like we're in it. This is the, them coming off of a national championship. We're like, 
Or no, this was the year they won the national championship. We were like, oh, we can compete with them. And then we ended up losing the game 52 to 20. We never <laughs> scored again. <laughs> I don't know what Urban said to Tim yeah, in the locker room. They but... just made like a slight adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> but going into halftime, we're like, we're down by one point against fucking the University of Florida. Like, this could be that Cinderella season. And then we yeah. got smashed in the second half. Yeah. So did you ever have any, um, because you played in bowl games and stuff. What's the conference that, Air Force, are they independent? Mountain West. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. so you're in like, yeah, you're in a conference. It's a, it's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, San Diego State um, and Boise State were always. Oh, the, the... Boise State's the rough one. Cause that's yeah, we the beat one them. Uh, my junior and senior year, we beat Boise. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, even on the blue turf, it was so. We actually kicked the shit out of them. My senior year it was yeah. really gratifying. That's awesome. Like we beat them. Like it was like thirty-five to twenty-eight, but it was not that close. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Again, it's yeah. like how they you had like a garbage count. time touchdown, or yeah, and they would just like they couldn't stop us. Yeah, and yeah, uh, that's awesome. Especially because yeah. Boise is one of those teams where every year they're like, oh, they're a Cinderella team. They go undefeated. They yeah. always lose only one game, and then you, Air Force came in there like, shut the fuck up. I I remember too. Like uh, we got the ball to start the game, and like our quarterback like fumbled a pitch. And like they got it and scored a field goal and then we got it back, turned it over immediately. And then they ran, they like popped an A gap run for like 85 yards. And uh, my tight end <laughs> just turned to me. He's like, well, this isn't a great start <laughs> just, like, da- down 10 within five minutes. Well, this isn't going to look like, but then you ended up winning the game. Yeah, so fun. when did you, uh, when you were in college and you're playing football and everything, are you partying like crazy? No, not until my academy. senior year. Yeah. Okay, so again, this happened in high school. You didn't really do it until your senior year. Yeah, and I, I would, you know, in the off season, I would party some. But yeah, nothing too crazy. And then when I moved out to Germany, I started partying a little bit. So again. you moved out to Germany your senior year of college? No, no, no. Upon graduation. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you played all four years, and then you graduate, and you immediately, obviously, are enlisted. And then when you go to Germany, is that are you? Goodness, like what? What's the course of action between graduating, moving to Germany, and then as far as oh, you as actually? So when you graduate from a service academy, you get sixty days of paid leave afterwards before okay. you start like your, your first summer? job. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's paid, so you know. Yeah, you, they they pay you like you know, it's like, you know five six grand or whatever it is. Um, uh, six grand for two months, God. Yeah, it was probably that's, closer to five. I don't know. I yeah. don't, we were, well, I'm no, I'm saying four. that's not. Yeah. I mean, living in New York now, I'm yeah. like, I need to make at least five to for to but, survive. But everyone just travels and parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you just take the money and go. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we did. We, me and my buddies, did like a world tour thing. And Where'd we, you go? Uh, for that trip, did we uh, went to uh, Berlin, Amsterdam. Then we went to Bangkok. Yeah, and, and then Chiang Mai. And then Vietnam, and then like Malaysia for a few days, and then God, you went to all these countries on six grand. Yeah, I mean, you save up while you're there for this oh, trip too. Yeah, that's true. And okay. also, like, I mean, the only expensive thing is really the flights. Yeah, and if you buy them far enough in advance, it doesn't. Damn, know, so that's you. awesome. So you went on this tour. What are you doing this tour? Obviously, yeah, do hitting all the crazy spots. What's the craziest thing that happened post graduation before Germany? Um, I think. Yeah, there was that you're allowed to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, that really narrows it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever you're comfortable yeah, yeah, with talking about. Yeah. I, I you're just, not beholden to the government anymore. Yeah, it's true. I do remember. Uh, <laughs> There's a knock at the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember this one. Uh, there was like 
an island in uh, Indonesia that we were partying on. And I just remember we, I must have had over 20 drinks that night. Jesus. And it was just like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was over the course of like six hours. Yeah. And I couldn't believe the next day that I was like fine or functional at all. Yeah. Did you do anything crazy? Did you get arrested? Did you get into a fight? Did you throw up and sneeze at the same time and v- blood everywhere? <sighs> Nothing stands out as uh, other than just like being a party idiot yeah. American abroad. Hell yeah. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. What was the last blackout? Because that was another one you sent me. <laughs> How? Uh, so in Germany, uh, a lot of these stories revolve around my buddy Chris. Yeah. Uh, who you like, also sent me. You just said Chris, my yeah, buddy Chris. Yeah. So he's he's like my pusher man. <laughs> <laughs> he's moving to New York, so that's dangerous for me. Uh, We're gonna up those quarterly numbers. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna up those numbers. And he just he loves drinking, and he like he's the type of guy that like if you you're getting together with buddies and people don't want to drink, he. He's like personally offended. Yeah, you know, I like, was that guy. From, I'm, yeah, there's he, a part of me that still is that guy. Yeah, he's. Like, you guys don't want to be. We're not friends anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought we were doing this together <laughs> yeah, as a team, as yeah. a family. What do you not like me? Yeah, and uh, he came out and visited. He lived in the UK, and I traveled with him when I lived in Germany a bunch. Uh, and he came down to visit me in uh, in Germany, and I was like, I don't really want to drink. And he's like, All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll just do like one shot before dinner. Yeah, and I was like, okay, uh, and then we had like some sake at dinner, and I was like, all right, I'm probably good. And then like we go out to this bar, and he buys me two Long Island iced teas. Oh God! And they were just like they were so strong. Yeah. And I mean, I'm done with them within a half hour. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're still just one. You know, they're just a drink. Yeah, exactly. Slammed them, um, and then we go and meet my friends at this bar, and we split a flight of beers at a german bar so it's you know yeah a whatever stronger. a flight is in german beers you know 50 beers or yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's six, like, like 10 in the States. Yeah. yeah but uh and then i see the my States friends like and they're like this is the drunkest i've ever seen you really <laughs> yeah and i was like yeah well uh, you know. uh and then again good intentions i was like all right they're like let's call it a night he was like do you want to go get like some kebab you know like and I was like, no, I'm good. Let's just call the night. And then I, apparently I <laughs> I black out. <laughs> we, we go and get kebab oh, almost immediately. Yeah. And then uh, uh, like I pee in a public park. And, As you do. Yeah. And then I wake up at like one o'clock in the afternoon the next day. And I just come into where he's sleeping. And I'm like, I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> i hope you're happy <laughs> and he was yeah oh he was probably so stoked what was the um apri ski oh this is another story with him with chris S- yeah so we're down in a uh, big party ski mountain one of the biggest resorts in austria okay. it's called saint anton uh great place to shred um and uh so all of those mountains in Austria have the Aperski. It's where basically as the mountain's closing, everybody just like slams beers and parties in their oh, ski okay. gear. Yeah. And there's this place and it's like, you know, it's like halfway down the the last hill mm-hmm. and everybody's just slamming beers. And we partied there 
from like 5.30 to like 8 o'clock, 8.30 at night. And then everybody has to ski down the rest of the mountain. Oh, shit. So, and it's just kind of the Wild West out there. It's not like, you know, it's not as regulated as like American ski mountains, which is nice in some ways. And then I just remember we walk by and then we see like another venue Mm kind of doing something. And there's like this snow bank that's like the wall to the venue. And I just barrel roll over the top of it. I'm and, here. Yeah, and then I'm in this fucking thing and I get a drink because it you know it's an open bar yeah uh because these are respectable people and it turns out it's a like a European convention for anesthesiologists oh for real yeah so you and broke just, in yeah. you crashed the party by going over the ski bank yeah and, and then you're just drinking yeah and then with I these doctors yeah exactly and I was like trying like some of the guys found it entertaining none of the women did <laughs> And I find that it's really hard to hit on a European doctor in ski boots. <laughs> um, Were you like, hey, what's yeah, up? Yeah, exactly. And they're just like, <laughs> how you guys doing? <laughs> oh, Anybody a... else ski around here? Huh? Exactly. Huh? And then I just remember like he was there with me. And then I just remember like us feeling that pressure. Like this may not end well if we don't like get out of here. Yeah. Um, and I just like, you know was having fun with this group of people uh the woman hated me but that's all right and i just remember like oh, okay i'm gonna go and i just like i make a beeline for the snowbank to roll back over <laughs> and i just literally, the same way i came in yeah exactly and i just literally somehow just run not directly at the snowbank but directly at this empty table and just knock it over <laughs> on purpose no oh you're just Hammer. And somehow, yeah, and it must have looked like it was on purpose because you know it was like, it was like not <laughs> the direction. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just why is he running to it, the left? Yeah, yeah, it looked like it looked like a scene from a movie. Yeah, you know, it was like must have been hysterical physical comedy. <laughs> just plow this table, knock everything off of it, and then just roll back over the <laughs> ski bank. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Yeah, exactly. Gone like the wind, man. God, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Plug bro. everything one more time. Uh, at Severin Remo on Instagram, S-E-V-R-I-N-M-M-O. Beautiful. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. At Brennan T. Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Check out the one-man show on Patreon.com slash Brennan And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace out. <laughs>